0: Welcome to The Theatre Project. Today, The Theatre Project is thinking about how to get your work produced. Your host, Joe Vitale, will be joined by fellow playwrights Lynn Marie Macy and Tylee Scheider.
1: Okay, welcome everybody. Today, we're going to be speaking about getting your play produced. My name is Joe Vitale be your host for the podcast, and I've got Lynn Marie Macy and Ty Lee Scheider, who are both uh, fellow playwrights. With this podcast, we'll be talking about getting your play produced, so uh, I'm, I'm figuring that um, our audience for the podcast are folks that are interested in theater generally, uh, but we may and probably will have a few playwrights listening to us. Uh, because it's all about uh, getting produced. So um, Lynn Marie, uh, you know, if you want to just say a few words about your background, I know in addition to being a playwright, you're also an actor and a director, which gives you kind of a unique position.
2: Yes, I came into playwriting through being an actor and I became a director after I had been playwriting for a while. So it's kind of gone hand in hand and one thing sort of influenced another in respect to all of that but I am trying to focus as much as I can on playwriting and and to this discussion I am currently trying to find submissions and um try to be a little more aggressive in my pursuit of opportunities right so
1: but uh, you've been produced in a number of theaters I know that yeah not only in New Jersey but uh in different parts of the country as well
2: Yes, and um, although interestingly enough, uh, most recently have been short plays as opposed to full-length scripts, so that that's an interesting kind of turn of events. I haven't had a, a full-length play produced in a while, but... Right. Um, the short plays are, <laughs> are seeming to be very popular these days. So. Yeah, well,
1: we can, we can talk <laughs> yeah. about that a little later, about the market for different kinds of plays. Mm-hmm. Um, Tylee, what brought you to playwriting? Where did you come from in terms of your writing experience?
3: Yeah, well, you know, the first writer I met was my father. He's a songwriter, guitarist. So I started writing at the early age of like five, six years old, imitating him. So I started with songs and then poetry, and evolved into short stories and narrative. And then eventually, when I went to college uh, for journalism, I minored in theater, which led me to playwriting. So I'm 33 now. I went to college at 17. I've been writing plays for probably over 16 years now, seriously considering it as a career.
1: Right. Um, Now, I know you also uh, received an MFA, right? You went back for a Master's of Fine Arts.
3: Yeah, I went back in 2016, and I graduated in 2018. So I'm not too far away from receiving that uh, MFA.
1: Right. So, so that's something. Maybe we'll also touch on later if we have time. The, you know, different roads to approaching playwriting. The, you know, uh, the academic road going for the MFA program or You know doing it kind of by the seat of the pants you know just getting involved in theater Um, my background is similar I, i was a journalist for a number of years um i have a um a master's in journalism i worked in journalism uh it was funny i wrote plays in college and then kind of put it aside for a number of years while i was a working journalist And then when i left the field uh in my early 40s and got more into uh, public relations and communications and marketing that sort of thing i kind of rediscovered playwriting you know as a field so that's the way i approached it but our subject really is today is submitting your play or getting produced what sort of opportunities are there out there for getting your play produced and what sort of resources do you rely on when you're looking for those opportunities? So, um, Lynn Marie, what, uh, how do you go about the process of looking for opportunities to submit your play?
2: Well, to begin with, um, I, jo- I did join um, Play Submissions Helper, and I belong to the Dramatist Guild. which who, you know, The Dramatist Guild also has a resource book and uh, the submissions calendar. And I also belong to Minnesota Playwrights Center and they also have submissions opportunities on their website. So, and between those, those three things, um, that's where I do most of my looking for opportunities. and. You wouldn't think it was true, but they often have very different things on their websites. So you do kind of have to belong to multiple resources in order to find what you're looking for. And um, I definitely take some time to sort through everything to to see if this is, you know, if there's something for for me that's going to work for a play that I might have. And I think... A lot of them want you to write a play based on one of their themes and so it, there's those kind of opportunities and you have to decide if that's something you really want to do or have time to do but those are those are the main w- ways that i go about looking for submissions and um i can say that there's not a whole lot when you come down to it once you've sorted through everything there isn't that much out there
1: so. are you very disciplined about um the submitting process? Um, mm-hmm. Do you have it on your calendar? Do you have a submissions day where you kind of clear the decks and do nothing but submit to these theaters? How do you approach it in terms of the mechanics of it?
0: I
2: wish I were more disciplined about it, but I I do sometimes just have a day where I'm "I'm only going to do submissions and looking through stuff. And then, you know, life can get you distracted and take you on another track. And you're you're not even doing it for like a couple of weeks and you haven't looked. And I'm like, oh no, I better see what's out there. So, you know, you try to keep track of what's happening and know in advance, like when you need to be prepared. Yeah. Something. Because some of those submissions are a lot of work.
1: Oh, God, Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, Tylee, how do you approach the submissions process? Are there favorite websites or places you go to look regularly? Or have you joined some organization that lists these opportunities?
3: I agree with Lynn Marie that I think uh, subscribing to a variety of listings is is very helpful because sometimes you'll find some things on other listings that you don't find on others. But it's really repetitious how it's done. I look at submission season as like if you're playing a sport. So there's like this off season where you're just preparing and training to, you know, play. And then there's the submission season where it's time to submit. And if you look at it closely, those big opportunities like the O'Neill and everything, they are usually open for submissions around the same time. And And it usually follows like the academics calendar, too. So I've been doing this so long that I've been able to track that, and I know like there's these right. months where I'm working on my plays, and then there's this month when every coveted opportunity is going to open up, and I have my work ready to submit. Um, so I look at it that way, um, but I do think, right? Because I've come through the academic world of it all, probably a bit coddled. You know, at this point now, stuff is people send opportunities to you, you know, because you're, you know, uh, affiliated with an institution and also building relationships, people
1: will send you opportunities and you do right.
3: that as well.
1: Yeah, you know that, um, I was thinking maybe getting into a little later, but now that you've brought up the subject, you were writing plays, you were a playwright, I remember when you were in the group, um, you were getting produced, you had a whole a certain type of experience doing it that way. Now you've gone into the academic world. You've got your MFA. How do you feel? You know, if you were to guide or try to give some suggestion to a young playwright, would you say, hey, you know, you might want to think about the academic, you know, the MFA in playwriting, that avenue. Do you think it it holds opportunities that you didn't have before you went through it? Well. Firstly, when, when we
3: met at the theater project, I was coming out of the academic world as a playwright because I produced my first play on campus. So I came out as a, as a playwright with a the, with the BFA in journalism, but a minor in theater. But I spent most of my time, um, my extracurricular activity in undergrad in the theater department, developing my plays and justifying my work as a theater student to my journalism teachers and saying, oh, this is also journalism because I'm interviewing people for this, et cetera, et cetera. So I was combining the two worlds even in undergrad. Right. So I would always talk about it as an academic, you know, uh, medium, because I think that's an opportunity for a young playwright to right. and explore, you know, in the way that we do when we when we're in development. So yeah.
1: I used to get this question all the time about journalism, and and I would say, uh, I have my master's, and people would ask. I'm graduating with a bachelor's in journalism should I go immediately into a master's program in journalism and I would always say you know what if you could get out in the field for a couple of years get your feet wet do the work of a journalist even if it's on that grunt level you know that very low level and then if you can go to uh, get your master's degree you would come into that experience with so much of a stronger foundation do you feel there's a similar experience for a young playwright? Well, yeah, because most graduate programs, MFA or whatever,
3: they discourage you coming straight from undergrad, not just because you, you need time in the field, but because you also have to be confident about the investment that you're about to make. And they want people who are serious. There. All right. Mature professionals, professional opportunity, as opposed to just an academic opportunity you know, from high school. So I do encourage time in the field. So that when you get to grad school, you know that you want to do this. You know that you're ready to make this investment.
1: Right, right, exactly. Um, in terms of my own experience with submissions, um, what I had to do eventually is assign a day. <laughs> Friday is submissions day. That's I've actually put it, put it on my calendar. That's really if, good. Because <laughs> I'm a really notorious procrastinator. And if I don't do that, I'll never get around to it. But the three, three... Places I go to a lot that I found very helpful is the NYC Playwrights uh, website, nycplaywrights.org. Um, I love that site because it's always fresh. Uh, it renews a lot, you know, e- every week. A- and I only do it once a week, sometimes every other week, but I really find um, that site, NYC Playwrights, very uh, helpful. I also, Lynn Marie, also joined submissions helper.com uh-huh. um, it's you know I what is it 60 bucks a year or something like that but um, once you do that the database is far greater not only are they giving you uh, uh, you know current submission opportunities they have a whole database for theaters around the country uh, that are not time limited so these theaters will look at your work anytime. So you don't have to submit on deadline. Uh, A third site, and I'm wondering if either of you had experience with it, a third site that I used to go to and find very helpful, but to me it's kind of gotten a little stale, is the um, American Association of Community Theater, uh, AACT.org. Have either of you any experience with that site? No, I've never tried that or seen it even. Yeah, you know, it was a few years ago. I think, uh, they had a lot more on it. Mm-hmm. And now when I visit it, I see the same things kind of month to month to month. So I don't know if this is, a, you know, a problem with just COVID and, you know, <laughs> the theater's not having a lot of opportunities or maybe the AACT site is just not maintained that well. I've done some research and I really haven't found anything else. That's out there. Have you found any sites other than the ones that we've mentioned? Well, you know, Playbill. No, I
2: haven't.
3: Playbill.com has a listing as well. If You go to, to like their job listings; they do have a, a listing. It's not a, oh yeah robust, but I do frequent Playbill.com. See what they post.
1: Playbill. Yeah, oh, that's and, interesting. Yeah, and Limmer, you did mention the dramatist Guild.
2: Oh, definitely the Dramatists Guild. Um, it's a. It is a very good resource for playwrights. Um, not only listing submissions, but it it has also. Uh, they offer also a lot of other services to playwrights that yeah. are indispensable. Uh, so I recommend joining it if you can. Yeah,
1: and we're all members of the guild. Um, yeah. I, I am. I am. I am. It's very important. You've got to step over some hurdles. You've got to have been produced. You got to have been you know reviewed. It is a few. You know, no. hurdles, but once you pass over to the be hurdles, produced
3: to be in the guild, that's not true.
1: Really, I thought you had to at one time. Yeah. Um,
2: no. mm, I think you just need a full length play to submit yeah. to
1: them. I don't know if their policies have changed. I, sw- I could swear at one time you needed to be produced, but you know, but if you could join, I mean, that's the uh, professional organization. Um, and, and the great thing is they set guidelines, they can help playwrights. With issues, I've emailed them a number of occasions to get clarification on certain things. So, um, you know, they are the professional guild representing uh, working playwrights. Um, so we talked about opportunities. Uh, let's talk for a moment about submitting your play. Uh, if there's some young playwrights um, uh, listening in, uh, I can tell you from actually overseeing a uh, annual one act playwriting uh, festival uh, for the theater project uh, we get anywhere from 50 to 70 submissions every year if you prepare your script in a professional manner <laughs> following standard playwriting format you have a much better chance of of being taken seriously I mean I get stuff that is just not formatted correctly and I usually dismiss it immediately but you know, it's it's not a good thing. Is there a, a playwriting formats that you use regularly? Let's start with Lynn.
2: I just generally do the basic, uh, you know, capital letters in character name and <laughs> in the center. I just use word perfect. I don't use a, a special software for writing yeah. scripts.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, 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 and, and I think there's a number of resources we can go to uh to get a standard playwriting uh format but it's 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 so important i think if you're going to be submitting your script around to theaters and you want to be taken seriously spend the time and learn that format it just gives a professional air to your work and i think when that's being read by a director or, or an artistic director it's um you just have kind of a leg up So you've submitted your work. One question I wanted to ask both of you, because it comes up a lot, is um, submission fees. (laughs) There's a number of theaters around the country that ask for submission fees. And I know that the um, Dramatist Guild has a policy uh, that they are against any kind of submission fees or reading fees. Have you as a playwright ever said, you know what, <laughs> I know what the, the Gill thinks and I really don't want to do this, but this opportunity is intriguing enough, I am going to pay the fee. Uh, Lynn Marie, have you ever said, oh, heck, I'll, I'll pay the fee on this one? Actually,
2: I have a real um, aversion to paying fees for right. submitting. So I just don't do it if I can help it at all. Right. Even if it's something, oh, you know, that would be really nice to do that. But, you know, if you think about it and you did a 20 submissions in a month, you'd be broke. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous.
1: <laughs> so, it really is. Um, you know,
2: I keep saying, do they charge actors to audition? I don't think so.
1: No, exactly. Ty Lee, do you feel the same way about submission fees? Will you pay a fee or is that a uh, deal breaker?
3: Uh, I agree with Lynn. There are some reputable opportunities for submission that still charge, like the O'Neill. For some reason, yeah. one of the longest, you know, opportunities for development, they, they still charge. So I would. Say, and they charge a lot. It is, it's, it's interesting, but I would say that uh, to a younger playwright, do your research because some of these opportunities for submission that are charging, it could be a little bogus, you know, and they're just collecting fees. Yeah. Um, so I would say, do your research if the opportunity seems reputable enough and if they have a history of developing successful playwrights and plays, then you might consider it. But other than that, I think uh, a submission fee is a red flag.
1: Yeah, and I think the uh, the dramatist guild also, uh, pretty clear about that. Um, yeah.
2: You can read about it on the website. It, it's under their best practices um, section. And that's for, it's for playwrights and theaters to consult. So that's what they call it. That's where you'll find it.
1: It's a no-no and we all don't want to do it, but I would not be truthful if I told you I never paid one. (laughs) (laughs) I try not to do it, but you know, I've done it and, but it's few and far between Uh, few and far between. Um, You know, maybe one subject we didn't cover when we were talking about submissions is really the third way in, which is building a relationship with the theater. Getting involved in a theater and then kind of getting your work produced because you're involved in the theater itself. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with the theater project. I came to the theater project about 10 years ago um just in a chance meeting with mark spina who's the artistic director of the theater project and with an invitation to join the playwriting group and then you know beginning to get your play produced and then really joining the theater i consider myself now really not just a playwright but a working member of the theater helping out in any way helping a little with the marketing side with the fundraising side Uh, helping out behind the scenes. So what about that way to join a theater? I know, Lynn Marie, in addition to the theater project, Mm -hmm. you have relationships with other theaters in a a working type of way, right?
2: Yes, uh, I am also a playwright with Theater 2020 in New York City. And also I am in the um, Women's Work Project at New Perspectives Theater Company in the city as well. Right, And I am definitely involved in other aspects of those theaters too. trying to help out trying to be a part of it. I'm on the board at theater 2020 because I've been it's one of the theaters I've been working with the longest. And they've been very supportive and um, in the past have, you know, done readings of my scripts and we, you know, and also at New Perspectives, which I started by uh, being in the short play lab, and now I'm in the full-length play lab, and with this uh, other project called On Her Shoulders, which is a project of the New Perspectives, and I am really involved in that as well. And um, yeah, so one thing builds on another, and I can say that it is, it is a good way to keep Working and keep busy, but it can also be a little overwhelming.
1: <laughs> Were you? Uh, was your introduction to those theaters as an actor, or did you respond to a call for playwrights to get involved? How? What was your entree into those theaters?
2: Always as a playwright. Okay, and I've become. I have acted and directed as well in all of those theaters and you know so it is it, they've been really wonderful but like I say that's I, like three is the limit for me Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this that's past year I've been a little overwhelmed with all kinds of projects and it's been wonderful but yes there is a limit to how you can proceed that way because I don't want to drop other aspects of submitting and working with other theaters as well so it's a balance. It.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and Tylee, are you also involved with with other theaters, um, you know, more more, more kind of organically involved with them?
3: Yeah, I'm involved. But we should also be clear because playwrights have opportunities to be involved with theaters, but also institutions that help to support and develop our work. So I've been uh, here at the Playwrights in Minneapolis for going on three years now. Oh. And I've been supported by that institution, which doesn't necessarily produce work, but they do uh, provide you with resources and space to develop new plays. um, And and probably in ways that I don't think there are many other institutions that match what the Playwright Center does. So that's one opportunity and you can submit to them as well. Um, But in terms of theaters, I always tell when I'm working with students, you do have to be good on the page and in the room because some people say, Playwrights get produced, plays don't, and you know that pretty much means that you know who you are really does matter. You can write a good play, but if you don't come into the room, like any other job, when you get the interview, they want you to come in the room and prove to them that you know, they want to work with you and be around you for the time period. Right. It's very important.
1: Exactly. I just feel it's so, um, in terms of the energy, um, to be part of a living theater to not be just kind of sequestered in your room writing all the time, but to go to the theater, to meet the people, to uh-huh. talk to actors, to strike a set, to hang out and enjoy each other. And that's the reason I love playwriting so much. You uh-huh. know, uh, whenever I'm asked, how about novel writing or how about poetry? I mean, I enjoy that, but I love people and I love the communal... Um, experience of being with other people. Um, it's just to me, it's just unparalleled in terms of creative experience. And we've all had that experience with great actors doing your stuff and you just sit back and say, "Wow, I never thought of that." <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> wow, that actor found something in my words that I didn't even know was there and it's so exhilarating uh i just it's kind of an unparalleled experience so i think playwrights were kind of writers solitary beings but at the same time i think one of the things that separates us as playwrights is we kind of like people and we like the interchange and lynn murray you've acted too so you- yeah <laughs> tylee have you done any acting or directing as well
3: I've done directing, and the closest I've come to acting is in my own stuff and and reading poetry, but I've done directing. I started directing my own work. Yeah.
1: Right, right. Um, I've directed only one of my plays, (laughs) and that was because my director got sick and had to drop out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I've also directed my own plays, and I actually really like to do that. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, in that case, you can't argue with a director, right? Mm, You're you're your own director. (laughs) Um, You know, one of the things uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about is uh, we talked about submission fees. Uh, But one of the things we run into as well as playwrights is the opportunities uh, uh, for self-produced plays. So we apply to a festival uh contest whatever and uh the play is accepted but it's a self-produced festival so you have to get your actors get your own director arrange for your own rehearsals that sort of thing how do we feel about that lynn marie is that something that you look forward to or when you see that you just say oh I, I can't do this one
2: well you you know have to be prepared and have the time and and resources to do it and connections too. I mean, you have to know your stable of actors and, but yeah, I do think it's a great opportunity if you have those resources available. I know that some playwrights just starting out would not be able to do it. They wouldn't know the first place, you know, to begin. So it is something for someone who has, who's got some experience behind them, I think.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of work. Uh, Ty Lee, have you gotten involved with a lot of self-produced plays?
3: Yeah, I started as a self-produced playwright, but I should say, but always with the support of an institution. So and at Delaware State University, in undergrad, I had the support of the college while I was producing. Uh-huh. So I always had that um, sort of cushion. And then when I came out of college, I was able to work uh, in the church that my parents pastored. In new jersey so i had the support of that institution so i was self-producing right. always with the support of an institution yeah
1: right it, yeah that that helps
2: it, and it helps to do it within a festival that where someone's coordinating you know the space coordinating um promotion that sort of thing um because if you self-produce you can self-produce in another way all on your own a play in Manhattan, rent a rent a space, you know, right. get get the list to you know of reviewers and producers and all of the above, and do a showcase. You can do it that way too, but that's that's even harder. So
1: yeah, I my my first self produced opportunities were in Manhattan, and it was extremely expensive. I can tell
0: you, renting
1: renting the studio space. I remember I used to rent studio space at Theater Row over on 44th Street. It can get expensive. And uh, getting props, buying your own props, trying to put props together, it's a lot of work. I mean, it's enjoyable, uh, but it's a tremendous amount of work. But if you have a theater behind you, it is a lot easier. That's one of the things, you know. In the last few years, being associated with the theater project, when those self-produced opportunities come up, I know a number of directors now. I know, obviously, a lot of actors now and can say, you know, um, would you like to do this? Um, The one thing I kind of feel bad about is obviously I can't pay them. So (laughs) I have to more or less go with non-equity actors or it's got to be some sort of showcase, um, you know, equity showcase rules that allows me to maybe cover their car fare or buy them lunch or just help them out in some ways where they're not uh, drawing a salary. But I'm able to underwrite some of their expenses. But that's the one area that can be problematic If you're trying to use equity actors in pay because they need to be paid. Yeah. Equity actors need to be paid. Um, So that could be a problem.
2: Yeah. So self-production, like for example, in the city is a huge undertaking. If you're going to do an equity showcase, I've done this and it's a huge undertaking. So if you're going to do it and you want to do it, you can, but you just have to educate yourself. Yeah, exactly. as, much as possible must, before you even attempt it. We must also say, you know, self-production
3: is a way to build relationships like Joe said, but it's also a master class in playwriting. So I encourage any young Yes. to self-produce some of their early work because you learn more about, you know, what it takes to produce a piece. Yeah. And, and, and exactly. It made me a more economical writer. Yeah.
1: Opportunities for playwrights now are opportunities for playwrights drying up, but I guess we all have to couch that in terms of what we've been through in the last 18 months with theaters not producing live theater, uh, going to to remote, going to Zoom productions and that sort of thing. Um, Do we see that continuing or do we think theaters, live theater I'm talking about now, real live theater, is going to just bounce back? Are we going back to the way it was before the pandemic? Or do we feel as playwrights that maybe some of these opportunities are, in fact, drying up? Lynn Marie, I'll throw throw it to you first.
2: Well, I don't think that things are going to bounce back so quickly. Um, I think it's going to be a matter of progression and degrees of the way things are going to come back. And it depends on so many unpredictable things. Whether or not it's gonna come back to the way it was. It might never. I think in some ways Zoom has changed things, you know, do, being able to do things on video here and there. I think that's definitely changed, you know, readings and things like that. And we haven't had enough time to see what happens to productions, you know, in that respect. But um, I hope things will be restored in some form and soon i hope so
1: right exactly um tylie what are your thoughts on that you know where are we as an industry are our opportunities going to just bounce back for playwrights or have we seen a kind of sea change now where things are going to be different post pandemic
3: well i think the opportunities for submission if we're talking about submission they've always yeah. been remote so they didn't really dry up even during pandemic those opportunities were still there and what we saw during pandemic was a lot of theaters actually imitated those opportunities. They used their resources to provide financial resources for playwrights to develop work. So they just followed that remote model. So I do believe that, you know, it's not drying up whether or not we're going to bounce back to live production or not successfully. I do not know what happened at the public theater with that incident with the uh, actor who got cold, caught COVID. Yes. Um, they, cut a couple of shows. So I think some of that stuff we're going to have to learn through trial and error and see how that works out. Yeah.
1: Exactly. One of the things that will be intriguing to see is if this uh, gives rise to a new type of theater, which is the um, remote theater with, you know, enhanced technology. Uh, I know a lot of theaters explored that during the pandemic, some very successfully. For instance, the Irish Rep Theater in New York Uh, did a couple of really stunning productions um, and they were able to do it remotely with some enhanced technology for backgrounds. And depending on the type of play, there was one play in particular where, um, you know, it all took place in a pub, an Irish pub in Western Ireland. And the sets worked so well remotely. The technology worked so well. And the play lent itself to that because it was a dialogue rich play revealing character and and through dialogue. Now, I know every play can't do that because some plays require action. Some plays require more staging. But I'm wondering um, if that might be actually down the road, another opportunity for playwrights to actually write for a type of remote theater. Uh, I'd love it (laughs) if it was. But to me, I don't know how you folks feel, but I mean, there's just something so magical about being in the room. There's something so magical about breathing the air, you know, seeing the sweat on that actor's face when you're only a few feet away. It's just so exciting. I just hope that never goes away. I don't think it'll go away. It's the one thing that
3: we need is, you know, uh, community and fellowship. I think that through pandemic, you know, I think the movie theaters may have a little bit of competition with, with the streaming services. Um, because we just really right. don't offer what we offer. That live performance element is very primitive and it's something that we all need as humans to be in a room together. So I don't see it uh, going anywhere.
1: Yeah, I hope not because it's been around for uh, about 5,000 years. So I, I don't think even the pandemic is going to end that. So, well, this is a great note to, to end on. I, I really uh, enjoyed our talk. I hope you did as well. Uh, it was great having you. So uh, I want to thank uh our guests, uh, Lynn Marie Macy. Uh, thank you, Lynn. See you soon. And, right, and Ty Lee Scheider, great success. Uh, I know you're going to be doing some stuff in the future with the theater project, so I know I'll I'll run into you pretty soon. Well, wait a
3: minute now. Labor is going to be produced at the theater project in September, so we must miss, Great, uh, that's coming up. <laughs> Give it a plug. Yeah, yeah. So Labor will be produced um, at the theater project directed by Mark Spina um, in September, so look out for that, please.
1: Well, since you're giving a plug, the interpreter will be produced in November. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> the theater project, directed by Mark Spina, so we will be running into one another yes. this fall. That's so,
2: fantastic, uh, you
1: guys! Thank Yay. you both. Thank you both so much. I really loved it, and great success to you.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Theater Project Thinks About with Joe Vitale, Lynn Marie Macy and Tylee Scheider. We hope you enjoyed their discussion around getting produced, and we hope it might help you get your own work produced someday. You can visit theaterproject.org to sign up for our mailing list, as well as check out all the links and resources from today's show notes. That's all for this episode. We'll see you next time.